It's finally here. The NFL Draft is upon us. One of the greatest times of the NFL season. And easily the best time of the NFL offseason. Unless maybe day one of NFL free agency. But man, the draft is where legends are born. This is where franchises are either built or they're doomed to fail. And uh, it seems like every team has had either or uh, of those options recently. But... The only problem is with the draft, Alex, and we get all ourselves all super hyped up and excited for this thing for like the first hour, and then <laughs> then we kind of get like two plus days of boredom just, just trying to get this. It fizzles off. It fizzles off so hard after that. First, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is like it's the build up, build up, build up for months and months. Mm-hmm. And even last year, we were talking about Penny Sewell going to the Bengals and Joe Burrow getting a left tackle. So it's like you hear these things for months and months and months. It happens. First pick comes. Like, okay, this is the guy we're thinking about. And then, an, like you said, an hour, hour and a half through, like, the first 15, 16 picks. And especially this draft, because I think mm-hmm. it's very top-heavy in the first 15. Then it just falls off the table. I mean, first round's over. Recap the first round, then boring. Right. Boring, boring. Sometimes we get a little bit of excitement on, like, day two. Maybe the second round's a little cool. There's still some of the big names, still some trains being made. But uh, for the most part, you get through, like, the top ten. It's like, okay, uh, check in the watch here. Can the... Hey, can can we speed this thing up, dude? Do, huh? do teams really have to have this long a time on the clock? I mean, come on now. But it doesn't matter because I'm still a super excited about it nonetheless. But before we get into the first story of the day, which is the Broncos trading for Teddy Bridgewater, let's uh, go ahead and thank our Patreon supporters. If you want to join uh, this page and become a member of this very prestigious group, you can just go on over to fourth and or to patreon.com slash fourth long to get started for just a dollar a month and then next up for all your sports prop betting needs it's time just to go to thrivefantasy.com whether it be nba whether it be nhl whether it be mlb super easy super fun and a really simple and straightforward way to make some good old hard cash well i guess it's not really hard cash you uh yeah, electronically. You understand what I'm talking Cash about. Exactly. If you use promo code Fourth Along on deposits $20 and up to $50, they will match you dollar for dollar. So, uh, pretty much close to free money right there, as close as you're going to get, quite frankly. Then, also, for all your pre workout needs, if you want this crazy, insane deal, if you only want to pay for shipping, you can just go to scgsubs.com to get started on this fantastic deal today. And uh, go ahead and, and get Swamp Juice, the green apple flavor, because in my opinion, that is hands down the best one. But Alex, like I said, the Broncos, one day before the draft, they go ahead and they trade for Teddy Bridgewater. They send a six-rounder over to the Carolina Panthers. And honestly, especially as a Broncos fan, you see me, if you're on video, you see me rocking this sweet orange color John Elway jersey, one of the best uniforms the NFL's ever seen. You go back like a few, a uh, couple shows now and catch our most uh, or our best throwback logos and uniforms. Uh, this one's definitely on there. But a fantastic move by the Broncos, quite frankly, because not only does this get you a higher floor of a quarterback, you don't really, you aren't really spending much here in terms of draft capital. I mean, you're not really going to draft like a starting quarterback with a six rounder. That's what you can get here. You can get a second-rounder, whether it be to bring in competition for Drew Locke, whether to just bring a veteran presence into the room for Drew, or whether it be you're still going to draft a quarterback this year, but you now have a veteran to kind of play in place. 
before that quarterback, Trey Lance, is ready to start. And so I am pretty happy with this. And now what's open is that the Broncos have gotten interest with that ninth overall pick. I said before the draft anyway, I would love a quarterback, but if not, hey, trade down. You'll need this ninth pick right now, and you could get even more capital in return. I like what George Payton's doing. I like this move. Alex, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I think this does a couple things. I mean, I think from the Panthers' perspective, which I'm going to tackle first, I think it does a very similar thing that the Broncos are now in, in, in the position of is it does not take them out of a quarterback and almost opens them up to more of a quarterback instead of having, you know, three startable guys in, in the Panthers' room with Darnold, Bridgewater, and a potentially a new quarterback into the mix. You remove one of those cogs, keep in Darnold. You don't have – that much committed to him in the second, fourth, and sixth rounder. He's still young, but you bring in maybe a rookie there. You have the two fight it out. Competition is always good. People say, you know, you don't want to bring in competition for your young quarterbacks. You don't want to ruin his confidence. But in my eyes, if you have a quarterback that cannot beat out a veteran for that starting spot for, you know, obviously the coaches are still going to give that young guy mm-hmm. leeway if he doesn't, you know, show out as much as the veteran. But if you have a guy that is not alpha enough to – beat out Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater for a starting spot, he's probably not your guy anyway. So don't worry about bringing in all this competition and fixating so much on that. So I I think that the Panthers, um, I don't love how, you know, they they went from Bridgewater to Darnold, still need a rookie quarterback, and lost a second and fourth round pick. I mean, I think they just – they completely – made a lateral move and lost a second and a fourth for giving up Darnold because if they were going to give up if they, if they just wanted a veteran quarterback to supplant a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. just keep Teddy Bridgewater you don't need Sam Darnold um, but from the Broncos perspective I love what they did there yep. because I think Drew Locke is atrocious you know that <laughs> all the listeners know that I think <sighs> Teddy Bridgewater is already miles ahead of where Drew Locke is if we're talking at least for accuracy Drew Locke one of the, if not the most inaccurate quarterback of last season, Tate Bridgewater, fourth. So you're already I mean, bringing Drew Locke's that up. just bad. That's just that's how we can put it. Drew Locke is not good. Teddy <sighs> Bridgewater is better than Drew Locke right now. But if you're the Broncos, you bring in a rookie quarterback. The last guy I want to put him next to is Drew frickin' Locke. So you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, you at least have an adult in the room, have someone that <laughs> played the position before, has done it well, knows the system, is a smart quarterback. And so I think this... This makes the Broncos even more likely to draft the quarterback. Mm. Um, and I think even for the Panthers' sake, it definitely doesn't take him out of a quarterback either. So I think this is a big win for the Broncos, but a bigger win for Broncos fans because I think it sets them up to take a quarterback in the draft a lot more than where they originally were without Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And I really think, quite frankly, for either team, this is a solid move for, for both. But for the Broncos, this is... They're in a way better position now with Teddy Bridgewater and down a six-round draft pick than they were before this trade was made. I saw a lot of people freak out on Twitter. I said, I, I said, I'm, I'm saying by this, this trade was a steal for the Broncos because you get all this upside. From a value perspective, it's a massive steal. You get almost no down. There's literally uh, about like 0% downside to this. It really makes perfect sense. Hey, George Patton, uh, hats off to you, man. You got another... Good offseason move uh, with, with this one. And then one of the other things, Alex, some news I kind of broke. I think it was Shefty that was, that was breaking out this. Yes? Yeah. I got w- one more thing on that. I think one this was a, a, a big part of the actual trade was mm-hmm. the Broncos are only paying $3 million of his $10 million owed this year. The, the Panthers 
took 70% of the money off it. Yeah. They renegotiated his the, the two years left he has on the contract. So Panthers are saving money next year. The Broncos are getting a way cheaper veteran quarterback. And the Panthers made the concession of paying 70% of the guy's contract and only getting a sixth rounder back. So they were looking to give away Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. for anything at this yeah. point. So great move by Pat again. Fantastic point, Alex. Thanks for bringing the fight asses there. That's you know, I, I think it's to say that's a large chunk of a contract. So the Broncos uh, are one of the better cap. of a contract is massive. Right, come on. The Broncos are one of the top teams in terms of cap space. Just make it a little easier for them. Fantastic stuff. Now, what I was getting into is that I think a shifty that broke this, Alex, is that the Niners have reportedly narrowed down their third overall draft pick to either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And yeah. as a Niner fan... I would say that this has to be almost terrifying. But we talked about this a, a couple weeks ago. This, the Niners, and like especially Shanahan, and especially um, uh, what, what they've been doing over there, I mean, in terms of, I guess, throwing teams off the scent, throwing teams off the trail, whether it be in free agency, whether it be in the draft, that's all they've been doing. That's They're probably the best team in, in the league at doing that. So, is this legit are you buying this or is this yet another smoke screen now are they going to take you know maybe a justin fields i mean well here so here's what's going on with the niners right Mm -hmm. they have all of the sway all of the power in the draft right now they can change everything they went to number three with the original assumption that there was three quarterbacks who were comfortable taking and i think throughout this process and in the deep dive and, and I originally think that third quarterback was Mac Jones. I think Kyle Shanahan liked Mac Jones. I think they thought he could integrate him well into the system. But over time and actually evaluating these prospects, I think they saw Trey Lance and Justin Fields are now a possibility. Mm-hmm. And now with that added element into it, I think they have to look at, do they think Trey Lance, as talented as he is, can grasp the Shanahan system? I personally think he is a genius on the football field. I've heard mm-hmm. multiple different interviews where they were talking about, the raving about his whiteboard ability and talking about how well he understands and digests offenses. So I personally think that this is not a smokescreen. I think they've they've gotten it down to those two guys. They're being tra- very transparent about that. Kyle Shanahan loves Mac Jones, has liked him for a while, mm-hmm. thinks they can integrate him to the system. I think the scouting staff and a lot of the front office loves Trey Lance. Yep. This is a lot of what what is being talked about in, in the mainstream media right now but i don't see a scenario where kyle shanahan does not get the guy he likes so if between the time they made that trade and the draft if that amount of time trey lance has convinced them that he has a higher ceiling than matt jones and still can integrate into that system they mm-hmm. go with trey lance i personally think that that is a very very big decision that when they originally traded for three, they knew who they were going to take. I don't think the time in between that trade and now warrants him completely flipping off of Mac Jones. I still think it's probably 75% likely they take Mac Jones, mm-hmm. 20% they take Lance, and 5% they take Fields. Or, you know, put it throw in that 5%, the Jets getting dumb, taking someone else, and then, you know, maybe Zach Wilson drops or something like that. But I think it's going to be Mac Jones. Um, Peter Schrager said this. The uh, He's from the NFL Network. He was comparing – I mean, everyone's compared Mac Jones to Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Everyone knows yep. that. But he was saying he thinks that Kirk Cousins is his floor and his mm. ceiling is a 6'4", 6'5", version of Drew Brees, mm. which I personally 
he kind of sold me on it because he was talking about how Mac Jones grew up, his mom, his dad, his two sisters were both, were all tennis players. He was a tennis player growing up, a very, very good tennis player. Kind of goes back into his, his back. I mean, he's a country club kid. He looks like it. He yeah, kinda, he's got the body of a country <laughs> Come on now. But those tennis players, they have incredible footwork. And I think it would really mirror how well he moves inside the pocket. He has got the lateral quickness. He's got the, you know, the forward sliding up and back in the pocket quickness. He's not, he's not a burner. He's not fast, but he's got the short quick twitch movements. So having a, a inherently lower ceiling with Mac Jones because of everything athletically that Trey Lance can do, mm-hmm. but having that Kirk Cousins floor to Drew Brees ceiling, I'm okay with that at three. I still love Trey Lance. I still think he has the highest upside out of anyone in this draft, but I'm okay with Mac Jones and I'm, and I'm starting to be resigned to the fact that they're probably going to pick Mac Jones and I'm going to have to be okay with that. So it, it may just be me uh, trying to justify it to myself, but um, I don't think this is a smoke screen. I think it's down to those two guys. I'd be shocked if it was anyone but Mac Jones or Trey Lance. The kind of problem here, though, is, Alex, I, I don't think that a Mac Jones – if you take Mac Jones to draft him as a quarterback, that's not a bad move, like like in a vacuum. But the fact that the I'm Niners fine. traded all of this capital to move up to number three, this could be a large overstep. You you did need to move up to three if you're going to take Mac Jones. You could moved up know. to you could move up to like Denver's nine and, and taking Mac Jones. You could have moved up to like maybe a Dallas ten to take Mac Jones. You don't need the three, so that's why even if they get their guy, it's still going to be a bit confusing on why they made such a huge trade as they did. I guess they were thinking that there's going to be a lot more hype around Mac Jones than there really ever panned out to be. Yeah. So that could, I, I mean, I, could I think be a mistake. Here's, here's the, the bigger issue is Kyle Shanahan, deservedly so, I think is one of the most self-confident, borderline arrogant coaches that we have <laughs> in the NFL. But, it, but it, the thing yeah. is, it's all warranted because I think he's the best offensive mind in the NFL. Mm. And I'm going to say, I don't think it's close. Mm. He Trademark knows that. what he likes. He knows his system. So I think – he convinced the ownership, he convinced the general managers mm-hmm. that if I get this guy at three, we already know who one and two is. If I get this guy at three, I promise you I will turn him into an all-pro quarterback. And I think that the thought process was he would be so sick to his stomach if anyone else traded up for three and grabbed Mac Jones that he couldn't live with himself with it. Mm-hmm. So at the time, they're thinking, do whatever you need to do. Get Mac Jones. I don't care if that's three. I don't care if that's whatever it is. Make sure we get Mac Jones. And at that point, a month away from the draft, excuse me, a month away from the draft, I think they had to do the safest thing possible to get Mac Jones. In hindsight, it's probably going to look dumb. But if they get their guy mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's all I care about because Kyle Shanahan, it's now all on him. And I have the most confidence in Kyle Shanahan as a decision maker and as an offensive coach. At least, I, I guess, one saving grace, too, is that although they trade away a lot of these assets, it's not like they need to draft a lot of other players to really com- complete this team either. So if they're able to get their guy, and if, he, if he's the guy Shanahan thinks that he is, they're going to a Super Bowl with this team. So that will work out ultimately in the end. And yeah. kind of in the same notion of trading up for quarterbacks, let's talk about maybe some teams that maybe not for quarterbacks, but teams that should trade up in general. Uh, one of the teams that has been talked about is the New England Patriots. They might be trading up. You know, uh, we got the Niners probably not taking Justin Fields now. He probably drops out of the top five at the least. 
Maybe that's uh, at least room for the Patriots to move on up there and to snag their guy for the future. Maybe a way more athletic uh, version of Cam Newton and a guy that can actually throw the football. So maybe not Cam Newton at all. Maybe that's just an awful comparison. I don't want to insult Justin Fields like that. Uh, man, I saw some dude on Twitter today really trying to defend a 8-pass touchdown, 10-interception passing season from Cam Newton today. The Twitter is, is just a wild, wild place, Alex. That... <laughs> Come on, uh, some people. But the Saints, now they've been talking about trading up as well. But also, they've been talking about keeping their pick, which is um, the number 28 spot in the draft, and taking a guy they've been doing a lot of homework on, which is Florida's Kyle Trask. And now, just keep that in your head once we get to our bite, or once we get into our next segment. Uh, just keep that in mind. We will be bringing him up again. The Washington football team has also been rumored to try to make a huge leap into the top 10. Maybe it's for the quarterback. Maybe it's not. I mean, it probably would not be a bad thing to take a quarterback at this point in time if you're Washington. But also, they've been trying to get a little more offensive help, maybe offensive line. There's also been a lot of talks for defense. Washington has a lot of things that they could do in this draft. I don't think they're one of these more under-the-radar teams, along with maybe the Bears as well, a little more under-the-radar team that can make a huge trade, maybe even on draft day to move up and take a, a quarterback. What do you think about these? You know, I think that there's a couple teams that should definitely trade up, and, and, and I love how, and, and we're, all, we're all you know privy to this, is the only teams that are really, really confident or trying to trade up Nine times out of ten, it's for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who are the uh, the teams that need a quarterback? The teams we just rattled off, and I think a lot of what's going to happen is all going to be predicated on who do the Niners take at three? How does four, five, six, and seven shake out? Because mm-hmm. if the Niners take Mac Jones at three, I think Mac Jones was the quarterback that was most likely to fall. So if they take him at three and you still leave Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who are these uber athletes, very, very talented, Mm -hmm. a lot of different teams could try to convince themselves that this is our guy. This is the next Patrick Mahomes. This is the next, you know, NFL MVP that we're going to see a lot more action. And it's going to take teams like the Saints, the Bears and the football team. It's going to take them significantly more to move up because it's going to be those top 10 picks because Fields and Lance, if they keep falling, more teams are calling. Yep. And the pay, the the, the Ooh, Patriots. That's a good one, real quick, man. That that's a quote right there, right, kid. That kind of came off. Yeah. The I, I liked it when I said that too. I was like, I probably should have set that up a little better. That's really but, good. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. The, the the more quarterbacks that are falling, the more teams that begin to the call. They're just it's that's how it works. People trade up for quarterbacks. People want the quarterbacks. There's mm-hmm. five quarterbacks in this draft. And you just mentioned the sixth one, which I think we're going to talk about later. But if Kyle Trask keeps falling, keeps falling, keeps falling, we saw this three years ago. Teams want that extra fifth year of control, and Mm -hmm. they want another cheap option. And if some team convinces themselves that Kyle Trask could be a quarterback that you can win with in the NFL, they're going to do whatever they can to get back into those last four spots of the first round to get that quarterback and get him under of one more year of control so we might see the saints stay there drafting we might see teams try to sneak back into the first round maybe a team that passes on um maybe a team like 
the Panthers or the Broncos or the Patriots or any of those teams, if they pass on a quarterback with their first pick, Mm -hmm. you might see them try to slide in and and try to get back into the back end of that first round to get that quarterback. But, um, you know, I I think it's, again, it's all going to depend on what guy do these teams like? You're not trading up for a chance at a quarterback. You're trading up for a specific quarterback. So Mm -hmm. if that specific quarterback falls, there's going to be action. And I think the most likely outcome is Giants or the, the Niners take Mac Jones at three and we see a lot of action for teams trying to trade up and get those other two guys. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I, I really hope that happens for my sake, for the, for the Broncos sake. I hope that Mac Jones goes to the Niners and the hope for just a NFL fan sake that Mac Jones goes to the 49ers because there's going to be a lot of moving around, a lot of phone calls being made this year, and a lot of upward uh, movement. Man, it's just almost chaos at times. So, fingers crossed, Alex, that we just get this. That this, this may very well, you know, we, we were talking about earlier, we get like that hour, of the really solid hour, maybe two hours of joy. This has a chance of prolonging that a little bit longer. So, fingers crossed that we do get to see this actually pan out. Every, everyone keep an eye out on number seven. I think number seven mm-hmm. is the most tradable pick in the first ten picks besides four. I think four is going to be too expensive, and I think the Falcons are almost fixated on Kyle Pitts now. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much just number there. seven. Seven is going to be the movement spot. And especially for, if you're yeah. at the Detroit Lions, the Lions could take and have a number of options here. It's not like they really need this seventh, seventh overall pick. So They need a ton. They need a ton, so they so one 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 point seven is not going to change their outcome of no. their future. Trading that pick might give them a little more juice moving forward. Well, they trade back, they potentially pick up a second uh, first round draft pick for next season. So, man, if you're Detroit, you might actually want this to go down. But I, there's a reason I was telling you to keep Kyle, Kyle Trask in, in your head. And it was a short kind of little time frame to do this, so I, I really hope you remembered, really hope you did, but we're going to move on into some really fun uh, draft prop bets, so in part like anything big, draft, Super Bowls, I mean just playoffs or the season in general, prop bets are always a whole hell of a lot of the fun to bet on because there's not like a whole bunch of seriousness going into it, a little more understand, uh, and it's a little more fun just because... I don't know. It's a lot hard to really tell what the hell's going to happen, so it's more of a crapshoot, and crapshoots are fun. But the first prop that I want to put out there is that over five and a half quarterbacks are taken in the first round. This is currently at plus 375 on the betting odds. I love this bet because just like I said, we already know five is going to happen between picks number, and I think a lot. A lot of those top five quarterbacks, mm-hmm. if not all of them, are going to be in the top ten. So, but for twenty-two picks, you have the chance of getting one quarterback. That's to me that that's a that's a fun kind of bet where it's like you're already at the point now you just need one more, mm-hmm. and you're going to have two hours sitting on it talking <laughs> about like you're going to listen to Mel Kiper, you're going to listen to all the guys doing the draft coverage. Like anytime you hear a quarterback, you're like, oh, this could be the one. This could be the one that gets me over. And with the whole contracts thing and. How many times in the last you know three years compared to the the previous 10 years have we heard about the damn salary cap everyone mm-hmm. talks about the salary cap now it's a huge thing so us included i'm a, i'm a huge uh, problem with talking about the salary cap admittedly yeah i mean it's it's annoying to talk about but everyone talks about it now because it's kind of mainstream so everyone is is jockeying for these advantageous contract positions and contract spots to put themselves in so mm-hmm. going back into the first round like the um 
did the the Ravens trade up for Lamar, or did they? They stayed. They they, they stayed. stayed. Okay. Yeah. But you see, you see teams that are more willing to take. And the the Chiefs did this this last year with uh, with Clyde too. Mm-hmm. They want those skill position players that get significantly more expensive in their second contract. They want an extra year of cheap labor from them, and so teams will do anything they can to get that quarterback on the extra year of control and on an extra year of cheaper than thirty million a year salary. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is uh, I think this this should be more towards you know like. Plus 150, 175, but at plus 375, that is value and a half. I would smash this one. Man, this is the plus 375 right now. I uh, might have to get started on a little DraftKings uh, exactly. account, man, because if I throw 20 bucks on this, I think I have a really good chance of making some money on draft night. Because if you run through just the top five quarterbacks, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson um, are guaranteed to be drafted one and two. I mean, 99.9999, whoever the hell you want to call it, they're going to be drafting one, too. Justin Fields, he's going to be taking the first round. Trey Lance, he's going to be taking, taking the first round. Mac Jones, probably going to be taking number three overall. So you already got your five quarterbacks right there. Uh, I would say probably in the first seven to nine draft picks. I don't even think it makes it the Cowboys' 10th uh, that we get to see these five quarterbacks go off the board. And then the last couple ones, you have Kyle Trask, as we mentioned. The Saints, really interesting. Kyle Trask at 28 right there. But another quarterback that maybe might not be talked about, He's pro- well, it's probably because he's a second-round talent at best, but Stanford's Davis Mills is also pretty high up on the quarterback tier. He's, he, he's almost even with Kyle Trask. I think a lot of people might have gone a little sour on Kyle Trask from that god-awful Cotton Bowl performance that really just wasn't his fault. And I really didn't want to put too much weight into that game anyway because, I mean, he looked fantastic through most of the season. He has one bad game against a, a solid opponent in his team. Uh, the Florida kind of craps the bed on their own, so he was kind of left uh, out there hanging to dry. And Pitts didn't even play in that game, too. Exactly. You know, the, arguably the best receiving talent in the, in the draft didn't play in that game, so that's going to hurt you a little bit. But I still like what Kyle Trask can do. He's a second-round caliber quarterback. He's a second-round talent, but at the same time, he's probably – I mean, Alex, I mean, come on. How many times – if I had nickel for every time a second-round talent got taken in the first round, you know, a third-round talent got taken in the second round, hell, sometimes even the first round, I would be a rich man at this point, and I would be owning one of these teams that is partaking in the NFL draft. So, Cal Trask. Probably goes in the first round. I do like that move to the Saints because, honestly, I don't really know what else the Saints are going to do right now, maybe besides defense. I like them getting a possibly quarterback in the future, especially if they've been this hot and been doing this much research and studying on Kyle Trask. So, I like this bet. I'm going to take this bet all day, taking the over on five and a half quarterbacks taken in the first round. The other one is one that might be a little bit less likely to take but surprisingly it comes at closer to even odds and that is that Travis Etienne is going to be the first running back taken off the board <laughs> I'm gonna, I, to take a deep breath on this one and, and also just for the uh, just to put it in layman's terms when we say plus 175 or plus 375 or mm-hmm. plus 160 all that means is on a hundred dollar bet the payout is 160 so it's thank you 60, you know, 
that much more likely to happen. If you mm -hmm. have a minus 200, it's you're betting 100 to win 50. So yeah. it's same thing. Everything's based around 100. But um, yeah, this there's absolutely no chance this happens. There's literally, I mean, I'm not saying literally, <laughs> but I, I think these two odds should flip. I think Travis Etienne to be the first running back taken should be like plus 500 and over five and a half should be like plus 150. So mm -hmm. um, I would almost go the other way and say, Travis Etienne is not the first running back taken at minus 200 and mm -hmm. hammer that one because I think Najee Harris is a significantly better prospect than mm -hmm. Travis Etienne. Um, Etienne catches the ball a little better, but uh, that's kind of why Najee Harris went back last year is, A, there was a much better draft or running back class last year than yeah. it was this year, and I think Najee would have had a little more competition to be one of the top running backs taken, but he went back to college to show he could catch the ball, and Najee put up some really, really good receiving stats. Um, which I'm going to pull up right now, but uh, he just, he showed that he had that, that ability and he showed that um, aspect of his game and he showed that he can be a three-year running back. And mm -hmm. so I, so here's, yeah, in 20, 2020 last year. So he went from 27 catches for 304 in 2019 to 43 catches for 425. So he showed that he has the volume. He can run multiple routes out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. We already know he's an incredible runner. And he kept his, even with the increased volume, he increased his uh, average output from 1,500 yards in 2019 to almost 1,900 yards in 2020. So mm -hmm. he, uh, in, in the same amount of games too. So his just average per game went significantly up. So I don't see any way this happens. I would be shocked if ETN was the first running back off the board. And uh, I would not feel good about myself if I advise you to go a different way. So you kind of got to look at team needs uh, in this one. There's two teams that really stand out in the first round that are going to take a running back. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially after losing James Conner. And that is the Buffalo Bills, who could have been a much, much better team if they actually had a legitimate run game and weren't really relying on Josh Allen to, get some, to pick up most of their rushing yardage. So... A running back would really set these teams over the edge. At least it'll set the Bills over the edge. Uh, for the Steelers, it'll just really help with them, and it'll help a really aging and struggling quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger because, God bless you, if you have to rely on the arm of Big Ben to win you football games. That's just... That's not the move at this point. Uh, maybe day five, six years ago. Maybe, maybe. Uh, modern day. Hell no. So right now, Pittsburgh has the number 24 overall pick. The Buffalo has the 30th overall pick. These two running backs, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, are going to be taken to one of these two teams. I, I'd be more than willing to bet on this. And then with... So, you kind of got to look at this. Uh, I mean, fit a team's needs. <sighs> Going to, like, what the Steelers have had since they're the first pick uh, out of these two teams. They've had a Le'Veon Bell, and they've had a James Conner. Two guys that aren't really... I, I think they're closer to the mold of Travis Etienne than they are Najee Harris. Najee Harris closer to like a, a Derrick Henry, you know, with the Alabama pedigree, with guys that are good, mostly... They're really good. Derrick just, Henry would never have 43 catches in the college season, Ross Allen. He's closer. Don't call me... He's no Derrick Henry. He's closer than what Travis Etienne is, is, is what I'm saying. It, it's more, he's closer. I, no, no, hell no. I mean, if, if Derrick, oh, imagine if Derrick Henry could, could catch like 10 passes a game. It'd be out in space. It'd be insane. Yeah. 
Cheat code. Literally, the greatest player to ever grace a gridiron is what that would be. Even if you could yeah. just get, like, five. Oh, my. Derrick Henry on a swing route. Imagine trying to tackle him in the open field when he has a head of steam. I'd rather just, you know, dig my own grave before he gets there. Yeah. And then with the Steelers, do we really trust them as an organization? I trust the Bills as an organization. After what they've done with Big Ben and what they've done with Mike Tolan, I don't trust them, Alex. That's why. I'm cool with this bet. Travis Etienne to the Steelers. He's the first one off the board. Now, I'm not saying it's the best pick, but I'm saying that it's more than likely going to happen. I like this, uh, mostly for a, a lack of confidence in Steelers. Uh, take that. Is that more of a dig? Is that more of a praise for Travis Etienne? More of a dig at the Steelers? Uh, you decide down in the comments. The other one is that Kyle Pitts will be taken after the fifth overall pick. So he's either going to be six or above. This is at plus 140, and there's no way he makes it past Atlanta. There's no way in hell, quite frankly. No, this is a horrible bet. <laughs> take the under and take it every day of the week because if the Falcons don't draft him, the Bengals definitely will because the Bengals are looking at adding an offensive weapon. Mm-hmm. And the best offensive weapon in this draft is Kyle Pitts, hands down. So even if they are talking about Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase is the pick, if Kyle Pitts is on the board there, they're taking Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And I would be very confident in the fact that I think there's about 80% chance that Atlanta takes Pitts. And then I think there's, uh, you know, maybe a 25% chance that if Pitts doesn't go at four, he goes at five. Mm -hmm. So you take those two odds and you say, I'm pretty confident that Kyle Pitts is going under five and a half draft position. So I do not like this bet at all. I would definitely go the other way and go under five and a half on Kyle Pitts, even if it's juice, even if it's got – (laughs) <laughs> um, not great return on it. I still think Kyle Pitts is so freaking talented that he's going in the top five. Yeah. I, I really don't see this going any other way, quite frankly. The other one is that while the Carolina Panthers, we mentioned earlier, they trade away um, Tate Bridgewater. Now they really only have Sam Darnold and also MVPJ Tucker uh, on that team, or MVPJ Walker, you know, XFL great, uh, all-time Houston Roughnecks legend, uncrowned XFL champions. Undefeated. I, I can go on and on about the best team in XFL history, but we'll, we'll stick with the NFL and wait till 2022 once the XFL hopefully returns. But that is, this next bet is that the Panthers, their first pick in number eight overall is going to be a quarterback. Odds at plus 425, and I think there's a lot of truth to this. Uh, there's a good a number of things that the Panthers could do, whether it be on defense, whether it be taking a uh, one of the higher offensive line prospects to, to help shore up and help to actually build around Sam Darnold, which is what it seems like they might try to do. So I wouldn't really put it past them. Um, but at the same time, do we really think Sam Darnold's going to be the option long term? If you're me... Hell no, you don't, because I've that ship has sailed. Sam Darnold has sailed ever since he was drafted by the Jets. They immediately ruined him as soon as they touched him. But I like Carolina. I like Carolina 8. You can still get a good quarterback in number 8, especially depending on what happens with the first three picks. Hell, Trey Lance might be able to fall to number 8, so I do like this as a good prop bet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Just like the, uh, I think all quarterback bets and all the, the the bets right now that involve some sort of quarterback action, taking it, not taking them, um, how many quarterbacks, where is this person going to go? I always lean towards 
the quarterback is the most important position on the field by far. Mm -hmm. So teams are just more likely, more willing to go above and beyond to get that quarterback. So the Panthers taking a quarterback at the first pick, given the fact that Bridgewater's gone, given the fact that even though they got Sam Darnold, they didn't invest a ton. I think plus 425 is incredible value. This should be closer to 200, 250. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I just, I think all that we've talked about is Sam Darnold is most likely not your long-term answer there. So why wouldn't the Panthers, if the position, you know, if, if someone fall, if, if Fields or Lance fell to them, mm -hmm. they would be kicking themselves if they watched that player be Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. Right. So they're just going to do whatever they can to make sure that their five, 10 year plan is secure. And the only way to do that is with the quarterback. So if one of those guys mm -hmm. falls them an eight, they're probably going to take a quarterback. You have to at that point. And then that kind of ties into the last prop bet that I'm going to give you guys is that Trey Lance, his draft position is going to be over six and a half. This with a plus 115 bet. And this would not surprise me in the slightest because especially depending on uh, if the Niners pass on Trey Lance at number three, it, there's a fantastic opportunity that Trey Lance kind of gets closer to that kind of 10th spot uh, in, in the draft. So over 6.5, I think the really only bet here is you're betting if the Niners are going to take Mac Jones or Trey Lance. If you think they're going to take Mac Jones, I think you take this bet. Yeah, I, I think this is... A good bet as well. The only thing that concerns me is four, um, mm. but I think did you did you see by any chance what Fields' number was? Um, no, this is uh, just I didn't get uh, Fields' number. I think he it's going to be something. Was, it's something closer to this. So it's around like seven and a half or eight and a half or something mm -hmm. like that. So if they're, I would say this: if both of Trey Lance and Justin Fields have a number that's under seven and a half, like mm -hmm. either. Six and a half, seven, seven and a half. If it starts to get to eight, where the the Broncos are taking him, um, I, I would say this is not a good strategy. But I would say if both of them are plus money, mm -hmm. you put money on both of them because one of the two is going to fall to the Broncos and pass the Broncos potentially. So right now, if, from an evaluation standpoint, I think every single team is all over the place on these four guys or these five guys, mm -hmm. and so. Unless you think you're a talented GM and a talented film evaluator and can you know match these guys up to the teams that they want, I think that's just a crapshoot. So you almost have to play the odds and the fact that one of Trey Lance or Justin Fields is going to drop past seven and two eight to nine to ten. So if you put these two together and you make that bet in conjunction with mm -hmm. each other, the only thing that screws you is the Niners not taking Mac Jones and someone trading up to four to grab the other quarterback. So um, I, I think the only thing that, that trips me up with Lance doing this with Lance over Fields is there's still a chance that Lance gets taken at three. And with mm -hmm. Fields, I don't think there's that chance. So um, if, if Fields' number is completely different than Lance's, then that's a different story. But if they're both around the six and a half, seven and a half number, I think you take them both over and you pray that one of them falls. And now if you really just want to make a boatload of money, what you do is you make a absolutely gnarly parlay. And you do all five of these and you take the betting odds on every single one of these because that would rack you up some serious cash if you take... Except Travis Etienne one. No, even that one. That would get you... Uh, well, I guess if you, be, if you want to be safe, you take the, the 
You take the favorite on that one. I don't know. Maybe you leave that one. But if, with these, if you take the four, you might be racking in a serious amount of cash. Let me tell you that much. And then keeping it in the theme of our NFL draft special, let's have a absolutely special NFL draft themed buy or sell segment. Roll it. So, we're gonna score. Tell them to bring me my money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. So we buying or are we selling? And then welcome to our buy or sell segment because if you don't know how this works, uh, it's all good. I forgive you. You know, just listen to the other episodes. I think you'll be pretty good and you'll thank yourself for it. But how we do this, we give you five statements and it's up to you of whether you're going to buy it or you're going to sell it. And Alex, the first statement I have for you today is kind of in conjunction with the Broncos trading for the um, Jay Bridgewater with game that saying that sixth overall pick two or the sixth rounder. Excuse me. Imagine spending a sixth overall draft pick on Teddy Bridgewater. That's a that's how you get fired, ran out of the city, and possibly just uh, ransacked at that point yeah. in time by an angry mob with a bunch of pitch <laughs> Straight up sent out of the country. But the first statement is going to be that the Broncos are still drafting a quarterback this year. Completely by. I think we've talked about this enough. Broncos mm-hmm. are still in need of a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. Drew Locke is definitely not the answer. They will be drafting a quarterback. Um, I think just the way this, this phrase is worded, too, I would guarantee you mm-hmm. that the Broncos are drafting a quarterback at some point in the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, there's kind of two schools that thought about this is whether you're a fan, whether you're a believer or a non-believer in Drew Locke. Now, personally, I've lost my... Alex, don't don't let me get this out. I've lost my taste on Drew Locke. I've lost really kind of... my. I know. No, I, not him. Okay, you're being sarcastic, but it's such a big deal for me, man. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little torn up on this because I love him as a player. I love him like... It, it, he's exciting, but... On the sideline, he's exciting. But on the field, that's a whole different quarterback. And so I like him on the bench. I like his little dances. I like his interviews. I like his uh, energy. But I don't like his accuracy, and I do not like his decision-making. Uh, those are Kind two. of a prerequisite for a quarterback of a national football team. But Yo, yeah. that's that's a problem we stand in. But if you want to play devil's advocate for Drew Locke, he's only had a season and a half of actual NFL experience. And last year was Rona year. It was a pen. It was a weird year, and then also he was missing. The Broncos are like almost completely on the um, on the injury reserve for seventy five percent of the season. So you could throw that in this year during the offseason. He's been training with Peyton Manning. You know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Grace the Gridiron. Uh, I mean, Drew Locke's going to come back with a size double XL helmet because his forehead's going to grow a couple inches just by being in proximity with Peyton Manning for that long. So. You can make the argument for Drew Locke. You can make the argument to give him maybe four more games, five more games, definitely not another full season. But you can still see if he has anything left. And at the very least, bring in a quarterback competition and have either your quarterback for next year is going to be Drew Locke or it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. And go ahead and not draft and trade back. But I'm still going by this statement. It's really close. I'm really close. to. I really want to sell this just because... I think the Broncos are going to be better off trading back anyway and getting a little more draft capital uh, and because I don't think they really need the number nine spot. 
But I think more than likely they're going to be taking a quarterback, especially with this move for Tate Bridgewater, on by the statement. Next one is going to be that Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than Trevor Lawrence. Bye. 100%. I love Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this draft. I think he's got the lowest floor. But his ceiling is so freaking high because he's a jumbo-sized throwing he's – a, he's a jumbo-sized version mm-hmm. of what every single GM and quarterbacks coach wants. They want a guy who's athletic, who has a cannon for an arm, does not turn the ball over. Um, when you watch the tape on this guy, when he runs the ball – He's not one of those Lamar Jackson, like jitterbug kind of guys. He's a downhill run through a guy, break tackles. Arm tackle will not handle this guy. He's Cam Newton, a little bit smaller mm. with a much higher ceiling throwing the ball. Josh so, Allen with more speed. He's, he's literally he's he's very very similar build to Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Very very similar arm talent. Also, two um, small schools in the in the um, you know North Midwest. With Wyoming, I mean, just imagine if Josh Allen ran a four-five. That's Trey Lance. That's and it's literally just that's does the, does the transition from small school to NFL work mm-hmm. like it did with Josh Allen? I personally think it does because we've seen this work previously. Carson Wentz, no matter how you slice it, he was almost an MVP in this league. Josh yeah. Allen, same way. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance, same exact way. And you look at him, his father was a professional athlete. His mother was athletic as well. He's grown up in that kind of environment. He's incredibly sharp on the board. Trey Lance is going to be a stud. Well, I like I think he's got a higher ceiling than Trevor Lawrence. What I like most about Trey Lance is that he's just like a gamer. He's a grinder. He, he. I love what his comments about the draft. I love how he likes just to prove people wrong. I know we get those statements all the time by these guys. I mean, come on, it's almost a cliche at this point. But with the limited experience that we've seen of him, especially from last year, he had like one showcase game, but that was about it. I just like every sign that I've seen from Trey Lance is only pointed to boom instead of bust. There's always going to be that chance of it. Like you said, Alex, his floor it, it is pretty low. It's pretty low, but that ceiling, man, that ceiling. And then the thing is, like, at least with my mindset, there's two quarterbacks in the, and there's two kind of quarterbacks. There is a floor raiser. And there is a ceiling raiser. And nine times out of ten, I am taking the ceiling raiser. Because that's just the kind of football I like. That's the kind of person I am. That's the kind of fan I am. That's the kind of coach I am. I like that. I'm not sure if I'm willing to say that Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than Trevor Lawrence just yet. Uh, Just because... Trevor Lawrence is the more proven commodity. We've seen way more of him. We've seen him way more, way more of him in bigger games as well against the top teams in that the college football has to offer. So, Trevor well, Lawrence I, is a pretty damn perfect prospect. I, I mean, it's really hard to get much more perfect than that, uh, unless maybe to some coaches they don't like the long hair. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's about that's the real, worst. That's low key it. It, it really is. Well, yeah. Someone, be, someone did make a comment. They're like, "Have well, you ever had a low, a long-haired quarterback win an, an NFL title?" And it's the answer is no. You know, <laughs> they, no. they got a point right there. They, they, they kind of got it. But also, how many long-haired <laughs> quarterbacks have we even had in the NFL? So it's like. Also, how many long? Every long-haired quarterback you really think of has been an absolute star in any football movie you've ever seen, i.e., Sunshine. So there's there's some stuff right in front. I'm going to sell this statement. 
But it's not because I don't have a disbelief in Trey Lance. I love Trey Lance, but I just have a lot more confidence and a lot more faith in Trevor Lawrence just because I've seen him. We've seen what we, he can do. So I'm yeah. taking the ceiling and, and because he could be like a freaking Joe Cool in this league. You think Storm like Joe Montana? Trey Lance, he could be Patrick Mahomes. But also, there's still a debate there on who, which quarterback you want. Uh, I, I mean, I'm probably taking Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana, there's that debate is going to be raging in the years to come, definitely for sure. As Patrick Mahomes builds up that resume, still in this for now, though. Also, I, I don't know, I don't remember quite where I heard this from, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. But um, they were talking about Trey Lance in in that showcase game, and they asked him. They said, like, you know, why did you even play that game? You had all that hype, all that buzz. Yes. You didn't need it. Yes. The reason he freaking played that game, which baffled my mind, was because there were a, a ton of guys on the North Dakota State football team mm-hmm. that if they don't play that game and they don't play that season, their partial scholarships do not kick in because mm-hmm. they don't have a season. So he played that game not only to, to have the showcase game, but he also did it because a bunch of his teammates now got their school paid for, now at a season, because there's no way North Dakota State's having a season unless they play that game for Trey Lance. They did mm-hmm. that for Trey Lance. So the fact that he was so selfless that he was like, okay, I could either opt out, which a ton of my colleagues are doing, which a bunch of the guys that are in a similar position are doing, or I can go out, attach my name to this one game, so all my guys, all my brothers, all get a scholarship that were eligible for one. So. I think that was a massive, massive character move by Trey Lance. I think it shows a lot about the type of guy he is, the type of teammate he is. Um, I just, I, I love this prospect. I love <laughs> Trey Lance. I think he's going to be incredible. I'm going to be heartbroken when the Niners don't select him, but if they do somehow, I will be the happiest man. <laughs> character is, you can't over, really overlook it. That's a huge thing that goes into your draft prospects. Next statement is that Penny Sewell is going to fall out of the top five of the draft this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to buy it because we've talked about it for a while. The, the Falcons are, or the Bengals are going to mess up. The Falcons might mess up. It, mm. Yeah, they're, one of these teams, you, you get everyone gets so enamored by film study, by highlights, by points that you forget where the foundation comes from for all these guys. And Penny Sewell, well, the fact that, again, like I said last, last week, I don't think he's – hands and feet ahead of the other tackles in this class but Mm -hmm. he's a very very good prospect he is a top five top three offensive lineman and uh you know i think that the bengals they have a clear need at left tackle they would love to get that guy we're saying riley reef isn't the guy i'm saying riley is probably not the guy (laughs) you don't you don't typically find guys in free agency that are just going to slide in and protect your your uh, franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. but <laughs> The one that's um, already torn his knee. <laughs> yeah, so I think he will fall out of the top five, so I'm going to uh-huh. buy the statement. I think it's dumb as I'll get out, but that's what they're going to do. I am delusional. I am absolutely delusional with this statement, Alex, because I'm going to sell it just because there's still a part of me, a large part of me, that just is praying and hoping for Joe Burrow's sake and for the NFL and for the league's sake that the Bengals take Penny Sewell, number five, and that they protect one of the greatest rookies that the sport's ever going to see and a guy that's going to be one of the most elite players 
in the NFL in years to come. The NFL needs this guy to be healthy. The Bengals need this guy to be healthy. So all signs are pointing to Jamar Chase or, or uh, Kyle Pitts if that somehow happens. But, man, I, I'm selling it. I have, I have false hope, and I have no confidence in the Bengals. But please, 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 take Pace well. But just if you're going to do one thing, take him. Next team, Alex, is uh, this one you kind of kind of uh, already went over with in our prop betting, talking about Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, that Etienne's going to be the first uh, running back taking the draft. Travis Etienne is going to be a better running back than Najee Harris. I'm going to spend 10 seconds on this because <laughs> I just typed it out. You're an idiot if you think this is True, Najee Harris is significantly better than Travis Etienne. I'm probably going to look dumb if Etienne ends up being the next Alvin Kamara, but when Najee Harris ends up being Derrick Henry that can catch, you guys uh, will forget that I said this. So, yeah, I'm going to sell it. I think it's dumb. I think Etienne is not a better prospect. I think Najee is far and away better. So, mm-hmm. you're an idiot. I guess if you're looking for just a pass-catching running back, then Etienne, he's a clear answer here. Uh, he's obviously the more perfect. NFL ready pass catching running back, but if you're looking for you don't the, drop the pass catching running back in the first round. Exactly. If you're looking for a, a pass catching running back, you uh, maybe Nine wait till the second or third. Or they're an, they could be go undrafted, like mm-hmm. JD McKissick. Those guys are undrafted. James White, like all these guys are Philip Lindsay. One of these guys. So, there's talent there. When you draft a running back, especially in the first round, you need the most proven commodity you need the guy that's going to be able to do everything as best as possible and you're going to need the guy that Alex what's the most uh, important thing that a running back does for a run. team they run the football it's in the name it's that simple you don't catch a you, you don't draft a pass catching running back uh, in the first round and a pass catching running back is almost never going to be better than a running back that is closer to the full package Najee Harris he is by far the better rusher out of these two and like as you already pointed out earlier in the show Alex with his past receiving stats he's not Travis Etienne but he's very close he's competitive uh, to, to Etienne and he's probably one of the second best pass catcher right backs in, in the draft at least in top five no Najee Harris is better than Travis Etienne we're selling this statement all day uh, and, and kind of to put it close to you Alex uh, it's not close right not close at all I mean it's just no and the last statement that's going to cap us off for this segment is that no matter where which position he's taken in, Justin Fields is going to be the steal of the 2021 draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to sell the statement because that's kind of a ridic- ridiculous <laughs> statement to make that only one guy. Like, you're, you're giving me one guy or the fields. So yep, I'm giving I'm you the gonna take, I think I'm going to take the field, no pun intended there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I honestly think uh, if Penny Sewell keeps dropping and Rashawn Slater keeps dropping, I think Slater and Sewell are very, very, very talented offensive linemen. So mm-hmm. if they keep falling, if they get any of those guys out of the top ten, I think that's going to be the steal of the draft. Mm-hmm. If they get him out of uh, – for the Broncos, man, that would be – that would be – Disrespectful if Sewell drops out of the top ten, quite frankly. Uh, and I'd be uh, let's throw in the word uh, flabbergasted. I'll, I'll use that word. I would be flabbergasted if uh, Payne Sewell somehow drops out of that uh, top ten spot. Justin Fields, on the other hand, I I think there's a really good chances that 
he might drop out of the top 10 completely. Uh, just depending on what happens, I think teams are a little more hot on Trey Lance than uh, on him, especially the, Niners. the top three picks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach, uh, um, Zach Wilson, and then uh, Mac Jones. Next pick's probably going to be Trey Lance. And then Fields has a really good chance dropping out of the top 10. I think if you get a guy like Justin Fields, where outside the top 10 especially, imagine the Patriots saying they're number 15. If Justin Fields drops to you in number 15, that is a ginormous win, and that is by far a steal. So while, yeah, uh, maybe not. If Justin Fields drops out of the top 10, he is going to be the sealed draft, and I would love to buy this statement. But that's going to wrap it for our buy or sell segment. Let me know what you think, whether you guys are going to buy each of these or whether you're going to sell them. Leave, uh, leave that down in the comments on YouTube uh, or hit us up on the social medias at Twitter, at 4th Long Radio, Instagram, at 4th Long Radio. Links are in the description if you're on YouTube. Or, best of all, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with your opinions on the buy or sell segment. Now, of course, what's going to wrap it for this week's show is our beloved new segment, the Nene of the Week. Now, if you didn't catch us last week when we debuted it, uh, the way it works is that essentially what a Nene is, it's like to get nene It's like to get dunked on, to get schooled, uh, uh, maybe to, to to get beat, you know, essentially in this. Uh, it's not a good thing. If you get nene that's not good. That that's uh, You obviously messed up big time. But in honor of draft week, I'm going to throw it back to arguably the most stacked draft class of all time, which was the 2011 draft, which, of course, the the top two picks was future MVP, Cam Newton, and future Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. Uh, Two guys that met in a game that did not turn out well for the number one overall pick uh, in in this year. But the teams that got nanayed, I'm going to throw it Tennessee and Jacksonville. Because in two in a absolutely loaded draft class, especially that top ten, Alex, I'm gonna take you through this drop ten. Uh, besides these top, besides these two teams, Cam Newton, Von Miller, Von Miller, uh, Marcel Darius, AJ Green, Patrick Pearson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, Tyron Smith. So you get those eight right, all really good, pretty real solid picks right there, especially at the top two. Tennessee, they take Jake Locker, and Jacksonville, you take Blaine Gabbert. That's getting an eight in an absolutely sack draft class. Yeah, that is that is really really tough for the uh, the the two teams that um, you know then uh, compounded those pick those those issues by then drafting Blake Bortles, <laughs> drafting Marcus Mariota, one of the biggest um, butts of all time. Yeah, two teams that just cannot <laughs> draft the draft process. So. What are they going to do? The Jags are going to tank and get the best quarterback prospect we've had since Andrew Luck, and the Titans are going to look into Ryan Tannehill becoming you know, the, <laughs> the only guy to resurrect his career after getting drafted early and, and not pinning out this first team. So, yeah, that's that's a tough look for these guys. And uh, that takes me over to another in honor of draft in order of, in honor of draft week, in honor of everything that is wrong with the draft process. Nene of the week goes to Williamson High School in Louisiana. And if you're saying, what is Williamson High School in Louisiana? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. It is the destination of our favorite draft bust ever, Jamarcus Russell. Mm. Jamarcus Russell went from 
being able to throw the ball 70 yards on his knees over everything. He can throw it to the moon from anywhere to now he is the quarterback's coach on the varsity high school team. Not even the head coach. Oh, not even the coordinator. So (laughs) this is a tough look. And and while while Williamson High School, they're not getting nae-nae, but the fact that Jamarcus Russell (laughs) went from number one overall draft pick to now not even becoming good enough to be the the head coach at Williamson High School in Louisiana, that in itself is a nae-nae. So... Tough look for for uh, first round quarterbacks. I mean, they get all of the glory, all of the talk, all of the buzz leading up to the draft. But I'll tell you what: after the draft, and then case in point, right here mm-hmm. in I, don't, I can't remember even when it was 2016, 2017, whatever the Mitch Trubisky draft was. Everyone talked about how Mitch Trubisky was a was a bust. The pick after Mitch Trubisky, Solomon Thomas. Mm was horrible for the Niners. Did not pick up his his option, his fifth-year option. Is now playing on a minimum deal for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. That pick never gets talked about. It was because it's Mitch. Lucky for the Niners that the Bears (laughs) with Mitch. (laughs) Traded up for Mitch. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, the, the quarterbacks, they get all the buzz. They get all the talk, but... They also get all the buzz, all the talk if they don't pan out. So it's a, uh, it is a very, very high magnitude position, yeah. and there's a lot of eyeballs on what's going on at quarterback. You bet it is. And if anyone's more deserving of a Nene than Jamarcus Russell, uh, well, that's going to be – you're going to have to mess up big time. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it for this week's NFL Breakdown. Hope you enjoy the hell out of this draft. I hope it goes crazy and we get more than an hour of excitement. I just hope we get like 10 trades on, on day one. That would just blow me away. And it would give us a lot more stuff to talk about the following week. So let's keep our fingers crossed for our sake too, Alex. Make our job a little bit easier. Then as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, is our fantastic Patreon supporters. Just want to shout those guys out at the end of the show like we usually do. For all your card collecting needs, go follow at the Big Backs Big Bat Box, excuse me, over on Instagram. And thank you to Big Time Patreon Ray. Uh, the next one is Neil Wiley and his YouTube channel Chosen Problems. And also, last but not least, a huge shout out to Ryan Watson. Alex, your thoughts on the NFL draft in 2021 in one word or phrase? Madness. Madness. Macness. Oh, God. Oh. I, was I was already over it. Come ah, Macness. Drew Lock. Drew Lockness. Oh, that's messed up. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>